Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for today's AM Minnesota program. And my guest, Alex Dominguez, who's the program manager for an organization called Relationship Safety Alliance. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the program today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, apparently, you kind of got thrown under the bus. Shannon was going to be on, and then she had a meeting that came up, and so she volunteered Alex. Yeah, so <laughs> we run a 24-hour shelter, so new things are always popping up, and we do our best to work as a team to make sure all areas are covered every day. So tell us uh, about the Relationship Safety Alliance, Alex. Yeah, so we have two programs here at the Relationship Safety Alliance. We have the Louise Zaliski Shelter, which is a 24-hours domestic violence shelter. We work with men and women experiencing any form of domestic violence, whether it be from an intimate partner, a neighbor, a friend, a relative, or another individual that they essentially trusted and created a relationship with. So we have a, like I said, a 24-hour shelter, which also has a 24-hour uh, intake and crisis hotline. We have staff that are awake overnight to answer the crisis phone, to answer police calls if needed, um, and to provide support for our residents. So at our shelter, uh, we it's a 30-day crisis shelter, so residents can stay here for 30 days as they kind of reestablish their lives, maybe look for housing, look for a job, whatever their identified goals are as their next step. We have six rooms with 26 beds. Uh, we do try to only house a single family in each room, but we will sometimes house uh, adults together too. We also have the Alex and Brandon Child Safety Center. So this is a safe place for parents to visit or exchange children if needed, maybe because there's an order for protection in place, maybe they're working with child protection, or in some cases they haven't seen the child in many years, so they want a safe place that is neutral ground to reunite and rebuild that relationship. So how big an area then, Alex, uh, does the Alliance cover or work with? So we work with the five different counties in our area. So we work with Crow Wing, Cass, Morrison, Todd, Wadena, and sometimes Aiken. Um, that's kind of our main focus. However, we will work with anybody in Minnesota experiencing domestic violence. Sometimes the safest thing for a victim is to put some distance between them and their abuser. So maybe they are currently living in... Duluth, and they need to be further away from their abuser for that safety. So if we have space in our shelter, we can absolutely work with another program to get them a bus ticket to come on down and stay with us if needed. And you mentioned, too, that someone is there to answer the phone, so that could cover a very large territory then, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's so like I said, we've gotten calls from out of states. We've gotten calls from all over Minnesota. Um, we keep staff here at the shelter 24-7, so anybody can call, whether it be 2 o'clock in the afternoon or 2 o'clock in the morning. There's somebody here that is ready to answer questions, to help. Um, if people are seeking services, they don't have to call ahead of time. They can come to the shelter if needed, um, depending upon what their situation is. 
Do you have counselors set up too, or residents have access to counselors to help get their life back in order? Absolutely. So a big part of what we do, too, is not just providing crisis shelter. Um, once they come into shelter, it's the aftercare, um, yeah. helping them reestablish themselves after that. So we've established safety. They're here to stay. What's next? So we do have a few different clinics, we call them, that come into our shelter regularly. We have LE Therapy Services. They come in once a week to offer a therapy to our residents. Um, we also have LSS, so Lutheran Social Services. They come in once a week to meet with our residents to talk about housing options um, and just help them figure out their next steps in housing. We also have a We Are clinic that comes in. They help with any sexual reproductive health issues, maybe um, STD testing, pregnancy testing, or just reproductive health in general. We also have our Crowing County office comes in here twice a month, and they can help residents get signed up with child support, benefits, daycare assistance, any other support that they need in that moment to kind of help make their next steps. And then we also have legal aid that comes in here once a month. So they can come in and offer legal services to our clients, maybe about divorce, maybe an order of protection, custody, whatever it is that they're currently working on. So those are kind of some of our regular clinics that come into the shelter. Aside from that, we do a lot of resources and referrals. So like I mentioned, all of our clients are encouraged to identify their own goals, what it is they want to do next, and where they want to go. And then our advocates are going to assist them through that process, maybe looking at other resources that are available for finding a car loan or job resources, um, whatever it is that they need. So we do a lot of uh, referrals out to other agencies too. Maybe they'd like uh, a different therapy agency because that's somebody they've worked with in the past. Or maybe they need help with um, substance use. So we'll make referrals as needed to kind of help them get connected with the right resources and help build that support team for them. Sounds like you have a lot of relationships and partnerships built up to help the residents and the people that call. Absolutely. Well, at the Relationship Safety Alliance, we're all about relationships, especially with our community partners. How did it get started, and how long has it been in existence, Alex? Yeah, so the shelter was founded by Louise Liskey. She uh, started the shelter back in the early 90s, um, started with just uh, a house, um, and it may even predate that as well. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm sorry, it opened in 1978 um, is where our first house was. So it was just a house. Um, it was a project that she had started. It was just her and a, f a few other women uh, started right in the height of the women's movement. Um, and eventually we moved into the building that we're in now in 1995. Um, so we kind of just existed as a domestic violence shelter first. And then along came the Alex and Brandon Child Safety Center. So um, it is named after Alex and Brandon. Uh, they are two boys that were murdered in 1996. So they were murdered during an unsupervised visit with their father. Um, after that, Louise and their mother worked together to build the Alex and Brandon Child Safety Center so that we would have a safe place for children to visit with their parents or for exchanges to take place so something like that wouldn't happen in our community again. It's just hard to get your mind around how someone could be so upset and so angry maybe at their spouse or ex-spouse to take the lives of children. It just... There, there, there must be a short circuit in the brain that I just 
can't understand how that could happen, how someone could do that. It is. It's a, it's a hard thing to kind of wrap your mind around. Um, it, it's unfortunately, I think it's something that we still see here, especially in Minnesota. Uh, just some facts for you about Minnesota. So 33.9% of women and 25.1% of men will experience intimate partner partner violence and sexual violence or stalking in their lifetime. So these are some pretty high numbers. Um, this affects a lot of Minnesotans, and it's an ongoing issue in our state. It's kind of hard for maybe those of us, Alex, to get their mind around those huge numbers, too, Maybe my wife and I we were fortunate. We both grew up with uh, biological parents on farms in this stable environment. So this kind of foreign to us. It, wow. It, it is, but it does affect, you know, all of Minnesota, all over, um, rural areas, the cities. It's a men and women issue. You know, some of it has to do with um, generational trauma that is passed down and other kind of deeper issues as well. Um, something that we are trying to help do to kind of be proactive against domestic violence is we do work with our local probation department to have a men's nonviolence group. So these are any men that were um, convicted of a domestic charge and now on probation. They are court-ordered to attend this class where we discuss other alternatives for anger or for uh, kind of their current way of handling things and looking at using the power and control wheel and the equality wheel to kind of find alternative methods for them. Um, it, it has it's been a pretty successful class so far. We've had some great participation. Um, and I think one of my favorite parts is when you can kind of see that transformation happen in front of you. I, you kind of alluded to something that popped in my mind that these uh, habits, it's how you do different things or how you handle things, whether it's domestic abuse or whatever it is, it seems like it goes from generation to generation. So kids are taught this is how you do it, and they go on to the next generation. So this is your opportunity to intervene and teach how to handle something rather than violence or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the main topic in our class is kind of focusing on not that individual, what they did that, you know, that was wrong, but rather what is the belief that you learned that led you to feel that that was an appropriate response? You know, what was modeled to you as a child that made you turn around and do that same thing? Um, so it really kind of digs in deep with the, with each individual. And maybe some of these individuals have a traumatic experience in their earlier years that uh, kind of trained them to this is how you handle things. Absolutely, yeah. Sometimes it goes much deeper than what we're seeing in front of us. Well, I would think that this would be kind of discouraging. I mean, you're you're working with people and in they're in crisis and so much sadness and and turmoil, but yet then when you come out the other side and someone leaves and they're healthy and they have a future then it makes it all worth it? Absolutely. So it is 
one of my favorite parts of the job. Um, we have very tough days. We take in a lot of secondary trauma. You listen to a lot of horrific stories. Yeah, yeah. But when you can see that person coming in from the beginning and being a part of that support with them, getting them connected to the right resources, watching that light grow larger and, and brighter inside of them all the way into the end when they're planning out their move into their new house and making life plans for the future and you get to see all of that unfold it, it makes it all worth it again and it makes the hard days a little bit easier sometimes the perception is when it comes to domestic violence or emotional abuse it's always women that are the victims but you threw out a, a stat earlier sometimes it's men too yeah, so women and men can each be a victim to domestic violence. Um, so we did do a rebranding about last year, uh, changing our name to the Relationship Safety Alliance because we did want to open it up to show that we are here for men and women experiencing domestic violence. Um, we do help a lot of men with order of protections. We cannot necessarily house men at our current shelter because we are not built as a co-ed facility. However, we can work with other uh, local hotels to house them in a hotel temporarily or connect them with another shelter if needed. Um, I, I would say we, we do see quite a few men, and we, we see a lot of women as well. Um, even looking at the stats for Minnesota this year, we've had approximately 24 uh, individuals that, is, that have died as a result of intimate partner violence, and I want to say about five of them were men. So again, this is an issue that affects everybody. It is not just women that can be a victim. Anybody can be a victim of domestic violence. And then the really sad part about it is when this turmoil is going on between the mother and the father, what about the kids and what is impact does that have on the kids then witnessing all this? Absolutely, and that's where we kind of talk about that generational trauma, um, you know, and the kids sometimes can become a primary victim, but for sure they are a secondary victim because they are witnessing that abuse that is happening to their parent from another parent, and they're absorbing all that in as well. Um, and so do we do see kiddos in at the shelter that are in all different areas of healing and recovering and, and growth and and learning who they are again because they've each experienced so many different things well alex we have to take a quick break for the markets when we come back another question that popped in my mind is these people are desperate for help is there a cost to come to the relationship safety alliance or do you take contributions or fundraising or there's that whole cost issue but first we better take a break for the market so alex stand by the market update sponsored by the KDHL Agri Boosters. They include Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency in New Strand. Craig helps protect all things important to you. Also, TNW Towing, your off-road recovery experts. In the early going on Tuesday, hogs are mostly lower. Soybeans, cattle, and corn are down. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. With more than 50 corn lines to choose from, Stein offers elite genetics with a broad range of traits. Learn more at steinseed.com. Soybeans are lower this morning. Harvest is 23% complete, and the USDA's crop condition rating was up slightly on the week for beans. Some near-term harvest delays are probable ahead of what's expected to be a drier pattern heading into mid-month. 
November soybeans are down 12 and a half at 12.64 and a half. January's 11 and three quarters lower at 12.85. December bean meals down $4.30 at 3.70. December soybean oils 26 points lower at 57.17. Corn's weak with harvest ahead of average. While some key states are behind, they could catch up in the next couple of weeks. USDA's next set of yield and production numbers is out on the 12th. December corn's down three quarters at 488. March is a penny lower at 502 and three quarters. And wheat's mixed. Rain in parts of the plains will further delay winter wheat planting, but also recharge soil moisture ahead of dormancy. The fundamentals remain bearish, largely because of the slow export demand for U.S. wheat. December Chicago's up five cents at 569 and three quarters. Cotton and rice are down, watching harvest activity. Most active December cotton's 38 lower at 87.34. November rice is down eight at 1580. Live and feeder cattle are lower on profit taking at a widespread direct business. December lives down $1.60 at $186.75 and February's $167 lower at $191.50. November feeders are down $340 at $252.30. And hogs are back to uh, fully lower on questions about demand with yesterday's lower move in pork. December leans back to five lower at $69.47 and February's down $0.92 cents at $73. And over the broader market, crude oil is basically firm after yesterday's drop. John Perkins, Brownfield. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. The market update also sponsored by these KDHL Agro Boosters, Northern Buildings. For quality post-frame construction, go to their website, northernbuildings.com. And 321 Fence in Faribault, specializing in top quality fences for residential and commercial properties. Livestock fencing, too. Contact Micah. Go to 321FenceInc.com. My guest on today's AM Minnesota program is Alex Dominguez, who's the program manager for the Relationship Safety Alliance. And Alex, you mentioned you're based up in Duluth, but you cover a a fairly large territory, and especially when you go to answering the phone when someone is in crisis. Yes, yeah, so we're actually based in Brainerd within Crow Wing County, uh, but we do cover all of Minnesota for anybody that is seeking services or support for domestic violence. I'd worked with an organization, Fairball, had them on the air and emceed some of their fundraiser type things called Roos House, which uh, sounds like uh, very much the same type of organization as the Relationship Safety Alliance. Yeah, that's wonderful. I would imagine they're pretty similar to us. Um, there are only approximately 25 shelters within Minnesota, so we do all try to work together to make sure that all areas of Minnesota are covered and that we can provide services to anybody that needs them. Speaking of providing services, and I alluded to it, so... If someone wants just maybe counseling or, or maybe they need to get away and come to your shelter, obviously they might have a very difficult time paying for it. So what do you, how do you keep the lights on? How do you keep it warm in the winter and cool in the summer and provide all these services, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of a little bit of a background. Um, Domestic violence centers have not received an increase in their funding in almost six years. Um, we received 63% of our funding from the Office of Justice Program. The rest of it we do with fundraising, donors, and any other ways that we can help bring in a little extra money. Um, so while residents are here or uh, a non-resident that comes in for support, there is no charge for our services. We provide everything uh, completely free. We are here for support. 
there's no cost to that. So we do provide everything for them when they're staying with us here in shelter. We provide food, uh, toiletries, clothes, um, diapers, anything that they would need. So we do ask the community for donations of funding donations. Um, we accept clothing donations, uh, hygiene products. We keep an ongoing needs list on our Facebook, but we do reach out to the community for a lot of support. And we're very fortunate to live in a community that, that does everything they can to support us. Sometimes people don't maybe have a lot of extra money, but do you get help from volunteers too? Someone that has time and, and different skills that they can help out, Alex? Absolutely. Volunteers are a huge asset to our organization. So we have volunteers that come in and help work at the front desk. They help with kids group. They help sometimes with maintenance around the building. We also have volunteers that will attend court with our clients, um, maybe for an order for protection. We've also had groups that come in and they help with raking or painting or mowing. Um, we welcome all and any volunteers. So if you go to our website at relationshipsafety.org, there is a form to be filled out for a volunteer. That goes directly to our volunteer coordinator. From there, she'll reach out to the individual, find out what it is, their special skill that they'd like to offer or where their strengths are, um, and then we kind of get them set up with what works best for them. We welcome any and all types of volunteers. Is the uh... It like a 501c3? I mean, it never helps if it's a tax deduction, right, Alex? <laughs> yeah, it is. So we are a nonprofit, yeah. um, 501c3. So a, when people make donations, they have used it as their, their tax write-off or other ways. Um, so we, we always share that as well. Um, but we've had some really great donors over the year, the years. Uh, even this summer, we had two kids that ran a lemonade stand and then donated all their profits to us which I just thought was the cutest thing. Yeah, yeah but, and maybe it wasn't a lot, but it was the idea that they wanted to do something that they could help, and they're learning the proper way to, to do things and treat people. Absolutely. I think it was a thought that really counted. And even, you know, as I mentioned, the Office of Justice program only covers about 63 of our, our yearly budget, 63% of it. Um, so every little bit helps, even funds that come in from the lemonade stands. Is that like a state program or is it a federal program, Alex? Yes, that's a state program. Boy, we have state and federal government, so many things they fund. And boy, this would really change people's lives at the, the base level, wouldn't it? Absolutely. It would make a huge difference. Um, I think we've got lots of people on the ground trying to advocate for more funds for uh, for our cause, for all of our shelters and, and agencies in Minnesota. Um, it's always an uphill battle, but we keep going each day. <laughs> yeah, have you noticed any changes in how many people are seeking your help? Is it related to economic times, uh, higher interest rates and people losing their jobs, it gets worse than when the boom times are there or is it something that's pretty stable, it's always there and it isn't normal life experiences that maybe trigger more of it? You know, it does seem to ebb and flow each year, although I think this year our numbers are increasing compared to last year. Um, we'll know soon here towards the end of the year as we do our, our stats. But last year, we served 447 wow. people that stayed in our shelter. Um, so that's 
clients that stayed here as a resident um, and, and used the shelter for that. As non-residents, clients, we had 5,587. So these are individuals that came in for help with an order of protection, for support, um, maybe just wanting to know what their options are and, and just kind of reaching out to, to start that process. At our, uh, at the Alex and Brandon Child Safety Center, we worked with 1,860 individuals. 564 of them were children. So those are supervised visits and exchanges that were provided to those families to help them uh, rebuild their family in a safe environment. So those are kind of some numbers from last year. I do suspect they will be going up. Those are just mind-boggling numbers from four or five counties, Alex. We stay rather busy. Uh, do you think we're making progress in in dealing with this whole issue of of uh, abuse, whether it's physical or verbal? Over, you know, c- compared to maybe twenty or thirty or forty years ago versus now. I would like to think that we're making headway in what we're doing here at RSA. We're always looking for ways to develop our programming to get uh, to become more proactive, uh, hence participating in the men's group, to, to really reach as many people as we can. Um, so I would like to think that we're, we're making some headway. Yeah. The, the reason I thought of that question is... Uh, I haven't been on my personal Facebook page for four or five years because people say the meanest, nastiest things. And it's really cool when good things happen to family or maybe there's a tragedy with a funeral. You can stay in contact with friends and family. But then people sometimes say the meanest, nastiest things. And and I felt horrible after I was there. So I thought, I'm not going to play that game anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think even just educating people in general about, you know, uh, treating each other with kindness yeah. and, and what does domestic violence mean. So we do a lot of educational uh, talks and, and working with different youth groups, um, working with the schools just to kind of help kids learn the foundations of, you know, what is domestic violence, what does this look like, um, and some alternatives, too. Um, so just in general, domestic violence is a pattern of behaviors used by one person to obtain power and control of another person. Um, it can, again, like I said, happen in any relationship, which could be a spouse, a partner, a roommate, a care provider, or just uh, a, a trusted friend that you've made, too. So we really try to provide education about the types of abuse, too, whether it be emotional abuse, so isolating you from your family, maybe threatening harm to you or your children, uh, maybe controlling your every move or monitoring you um, is, is just a few types of emotional abuse. There's also verbal abuse, which could be name-calling or belittling you or shaming you or even hurtful criticism, you know, really picking on a person not in a, in a helpful or, or, or constructive way, but rather tearing them down as an individual. Um, stalking is something we talk about a lot, too, as well as economic abuse, um, which could be using credit cards or money without somebody's permission, um, controlling their access to money, interfering with somebody's job, maybe showing up at their work or not allowing them to work or constantly calling them at work, um, <clears throat> also forcing you to hand over your paycheck. So, again, you have no access to money. There's also the physical damage, which could be damaging property, maybe pushing, shoving, uh, hurting the pet, 
threatening to hurt you, things like that. And then, of course, there's sexual assault and sexual violence. So when we're providing education to the community, these are all things that we try to go over um, and just provide information about, again, be more proactive in, in our kind of fight against domestic violence. Makes me wonder, too, Alex, if there there's any programs in the health class in schools that would incorporate some of this to teach kids a proper way to deal with some of these issues? Yeah, so some of the health classes, at least in our area, um, they do try to touch on red flags in a relationship, what is a healthy relationship, and then they've recently invited us to come in this winter to kind of do that as well, to go more in-depth about what does a healthy relationship look like, um, to use the power and control wheel to provide education to kids about red flags in a relationship and, and what could be considered an unhealthy or abusive relationship. Um, We're really excited and looking forward to that. So it really is, my wife accused me of always trying to oversimplify things, Alex, but the base of all of it is pretty much power and control. Power and control. So that is how uh, kind of the foundation of domestic violence in a relationship is gaining that power and control over another individual. Um, so we use something called the power and control wheel, which was created by the uh, domestic abuse intervention progress. Uh, sorry, the domestic abuse intervention program, um, which is actually based out of Duluth, Minnesota. So they created this wheel by sitting down with victims and advocates and just having a conversation about what are some of the experiences that you had with your abuser? What are some of the tactics that they use to gain power and control with you? And throughout these conversations, they noticed similar behaviors and patterns that were happening to each of these women. Um, And from that, the power control wheel was born. And so now when we have clients come in, an advocate will sit down with them and review this power and control wheel. And sometimes it highlights behaviors for a woman that she didn't even recognize as abuse or or she did, but it, it wasn't right there in front of her, and, and now it's harder to ignore it, and you can see it laid out right there in front of you. Well, Alex, we only have about 35 seconds left, <laughs> but if someone would like more information, volunteer, maybe a contribution or need your services, I just went, I think happened to be on Bing, but, Bing, but any search engine, you popped right up. I just put in Relationship Safety Alliance. Yep, RelationshipSafetyAlliance.org. You can also call our shelter at 218-828-1216. And we are on Facebook under Relationship Safety Alliance. Well, thanks for your time, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. And that concludes today's AM Minnesota program. Here's the national news. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.